Yeah. That's right. Get into it, Sean. Get into it. Oh, I'm really, wor- I'm really feeling the burn right now. Feeling Listen, the burn. Dave Ball, the main guy behind this band, used to be the musical portion of Soft Cell. Remember Tainted Love? Who doesn't? Sex Dwarf. All the fine selections that they had. Um, that was Dave Ball went on to become sort of a notorious figure in the ravey dance music of the early to mid 90s. And that right there, his band, The Grid, with an incredible song called Swamp Thing, a little chronic banjosis to kick <laughs> off episode 191 of the Brian Oak Show, made possible by Smart Start MN. Here we are in the Smart Start MN studios. It is the last day of September as we record this right now, and we are in the Smart Start MN studios down near 48th and Chicago, scenic, beautiful South Minneapolis, on a day that is way too warm to be the last day of September. Yesterday was 88 degrees, today 82 degrees out there. Knock it off, it's October tomorrow. I rode my bicycle the whole two miles over here. Really? And I'm schwitzing because of it. Yeah, it's too warm. It's too warm for me. No, biking. you should have like done your longboard, Skate Daddy. I was going to hit my longboard. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they say. I'm Brian Oak. That is, that is, <laughs> I stole that from my daughter. Uh, one day Daddy. we were driving along and my daughter has this brilliant <laughs> gift to pretend like she's oblivious to the world around her, but apparently has her head on a swivel and eyes in the back of her head. She's always aware of what's going on around us. And we pulled up to a stoplight at one point and there was a guy who was in his late thirties, early forties with a crazy longboard, right? So there's regular yeah. skateboards and then there's longboards that are as long as a surfboard you'd take into yeah. the ocean. And he's holding it next to him and he's like practicing on it. He's just like kind of bouncing back and forth at the bus stop waiting for the bus. And my daughter barely without looking up from her phone goes, get it, skate dad. Wow. Did you just lose it? <laughs> Completely. I'm like, she wasn't even looking. She has a gift. That's she a has proud, a, proud real, a real, I was, it was a proud papa moment. Speaking of, I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Since we brought them up, let's go ahead and take care of business right out of the gate, shall we, with Smart Start MN. Sure. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What the f- is a re- ignition interlock, Sean? Uh, it's a plastic thingy that you blow into so you can drive. If you've had too much to drink and they pull you over for DUI, then you can drive to your job and to your kids' longboard lessons. Yeah, well, exactly. So, A, you've already effed up, right? I mean, you've got yeah. yourself a DUI. You've lost your license. You're now, not convicted yet, by the way. It doesn't matter. You're still losing your license. Exactly. And so, I mean, you need to get back in your car. You need to drive. You need to make your way around. Not sure how it works up in Canada. It sounds like it's a little loosey-goosey up there. You just got to stay out in front of the Mounties, right? They just got cars a couple of years ago. Okay. Anyway. That's we'll t- not fair. No, it's not fair. <laughs> Our guest today is a native Canadian, and we'll talk to him very shortly. In fact, I'm very excited to talk to Aaron Reynolds here from F and Birds very shortly. But let's finish this up first. Um so you lose your license. They essentially put a breathalyzer in your car. Mm-hmm. That's oversimplifying it, but it's what they do. You blow clean, you get to drive, even though you've lost your license and you really effed up big time. You can get your life back on track because you are still going to need to get to your longboard lessons. You're going to have to go get your kids Tony Hawk's 360 from the video game store. All the various skateboarding things that you need to do in your life, you'll be able to do thanks to our friends at Smart Start. That's not good enough for me, Brian. I need some kind of a deal. That's 
great that you asked that, Sean, because if you go to smartstartmn.com slash Brian Oak Show, you could get 20% off. 20%? A full 20%, Sean, off the ignition interlock installation, which again, I don't know why they won't let us say the price. It's already so silly cheap, and you take 20% off that, but for whatever reason, they don't want to talk about price, so just know that they're local. They're one of us. They're not carpetbaggers. They actually worked at the legislature and invented the system. They're very good, and they've been with us since before. Before we recorded a single episode of this 191 episode long monster we call the Brian Oak Show. Blind faith, that's what that is. I, but, it, but somehow they stuck with it. Like, have they listened yet? I don't think Oh, they've so. actually been on the show, haven't they? Yes, they have. Okay. We need to have Ed back on again, by the way. Yeah, we do. We will in the not-too-distant future. Uh, effin' birds, which, you know, effin', like effin' and jeffin'. Uh, yep. Let's just say that effin' is a contraction of the word fucking, all right? Sure. Instead of saying fucking birds, though, because you want to have some kind of market where you can actually sell your product, you refer to it as effing birds. By the way, Aaron, that's a dog whistle right there. You can swear as much as you want once we bring you in on the show. I uh, I was really thankful that you said fuck before I had the chance to think of whether or not I should say fuck. Here's the deal. It's a podcast. It's the internet. This is the Wild West, man. It's the frontier. So we're going to talk to him shortly. I, years ago, in fact, I'm not even going to tell the story right now. I, I want to wait until we come back and have a, real, a chance to really dive in deep because I have so many questions for Aaron Reynolds. <laughs> this could be a five-hour podcast, but I'm going to try my best to keep it to an hour. He's given me way too much to work with, which we'll get to shortly. In the meantime, uh, you know, usually when I wake up early in the morning, I get up at 4 a.m. every day. Throughout the course of the day, certain songs will either occur to me or I'll hear them somewhere or they just pop into my head. This one just popped into my head and it's a top 10 band all time for me. I freaking love Blondie. This is not one of Blondie's hits, but it's one of my very favorites. I'm always touched by your presence, dear, on The Brian Oak Show. Just by chance, could this be his man? Something in my consciousness told me you'd appear.
That's your cue when the song ends. What's that? Hmm? Do what now? Grandpa? Uh, Listen, it's Blondie here on the Brian Oak Show, which is also supported in part by our good friends at Forgotten Star Brewing up there in Fridley. Forgotten Star Brewing is an incredible local brewery that is put in an old manufacturing facility. So now they've got a beautiful state-of-the-art place, multi-story roof, gorgeous windows. I'm so glad they put the roof on there. Well, there was always a roof. Listen, guy. I'm just saying it's not a one-story building. When you walk oh, in, you're yeah. in a giant manufacturing yeah. facility, what was once a manufacturing facility. They used to bore out the the giant gun barrels that would be on battleships. That's what they did there. Worked on munitions, but that's cool. Now, luckily, they just make beer. Otherwise, it would be way more dangerous, and you would need a security clearance. Way more beer, way less death. That's their motto. <sighs> That's not their motto at all. It's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, Forgotten Star Brewing, they've still got a summer's worth of entertainment coming up. Mm-hmm. Great outdoor space, dog-friendly indoor and out. They don't put things like coriander and... Nutmeg. Nutmeg and, you know... And dragon fruit <laughs> in their beers. Just regular beers, regular people, great service. It's a very cool place. We had a great time there when we kicked off Oktoberfest a couple of weeks ago. You should check them out. ForgottenStarBrewing.com. Now then, time to meet today's guest, who I... um I'm going to be honest. I, you know, you know me, Sean, right? Yes. I mean, like, I am... A lot of things I'm ambivalent about. There are a great number of things that I'm pretty cool with. And then there are a handful of things that I get genuinely dorked out about, right? You're the reason why I'm a fan of this guy. Okay, so uh, I remember about maybe, I don't know, four to five years ago sounds about right. Yep. That sound about right? Yep. I remember someone had shared something on Twitter, right? I mean, that's how you find a lot of cool Twitter feeds. It's whatever. Now, it turns out much later, I told this guy that I'm like, oh, man, you're awesome. Have you ever checked out uh, Swear Trek? He's like, I am Swear Trek, you idiot. And so, um, and of course he is. And so... People are surprised. I'm never like, oh, you should know all the things I wrote. No, and I, and you're, I don't think you're that guy, but I just, it's, it's odd to me that your sensibilities, no matter what sort of weird internet expression you're doing, appeal to me. So anyway, I found this thing, and... For people who are not familiar with effing birds, the best way I can sum it up, I've tried to explain it to a great number of people because, you know, visu- it's, it's a visual medium, it right? It, it's, it's definitely something yep. that you need to see and read and enjoy. It's generally like imagine the best one square cartoon you can, except in these cartoons, there is uh, an old engraving or a wood carving or some sort of exemplification. Imagine turn of the century Audubon type drawings of birds, quails, owls, mergansers, whatever the case may be. But then right next to this beautifully rendered image, it says things like, 
I'm unsure as to why I should give a fuck about your opinion. Or shall we have a moment of silence for your sense of humor? (laughs) (laughs) Or underneath some beautiful flightless bird walking through the underbrush, it says, glad to see you're still a fucking idiot. Um, Effing birds is one of my favorite expressions. It got to the point where I would wake up in the morning and just to get my morning off on the right foot, I would go and find effing birds to see what had been posted since I last checked the internet. Because there's so much garbage. The internet is such a fucking diaper fire that I, I, I want something good. I want something funny. And when you find something real, you celebrate it. So for a half decade, I have been a giant fan of the man who is sitting in front of me now. And we've connected a couple times on the internet. But uh, it is absolutely wonderful that you are here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. You got a lot going on this weekend. But Aaron Reynolds, the man behind and Birds, very nice to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All the way from Canada, huh? All the way from Canada. How did they let you in? I thought I thought we weren't allowed to travel <sighs> between the, the two countries well, anymore. So, so here's the thing. It's actually not very hard to get into the United States. What? Uh, they, I thought... I build the wall! No. Am I right, Sean? <laughs> so, so technically what you need to have is a, a negative test, negative COVID test in the previous 72 hours, okay. which I got at the corner drugstore, yep. and uh, you need to write an attestation that you don't have COVID. Wow. And is it like an essay or just uh, a... It's like a three-page thing that you sign and Holy check crap. the box. Okay, okay. And uh, so anyways, I did both of those things. Nobody asked for it on the way in, so I just came Of course it. not, right? Um, but because I'm on some kind of list, because of my social media activities, I'm always uh, I'm always pulled out for secondary screening and enhanced, uh, uh, you know, search. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. So because you're a presence on the internet, because you are a known internet entity... yeah. They pull you aside automatically? Well, they didn't until the one time that they did, and they've done it every single time since then. Because um, you're on a list yeah, now. Yeah, because I'm on a list. Uh-oh. It happened at, at the height of like Homeland Security flexing its muscles. Yeah. Um, they, they asked the social media question when I was trying to enter the United States one time. And so I had to walk this Department of Homeland Security lady through all my social media accounts one by one. And she spent the whole time trying not to laugh. Like right. I saw it in her face, but she had to be serious. And so I started with the stupidest accounts first because I was like, I'm just going to, because uh, I have a lot of Twitter accounts. Right. I have like 25 Twitter accounts. For real? Oh yeah. But only, <laughs> only three or four of them are popular. Some of them are just jokes that don't land. Right. Right. I had one that was called Dirty Piano Names where I would just tweet out the names of like <laughs> classical pianists that sounded dirty if you said them right. And it was a really stupid idea and it didn't go anywhere. Uh, but you know, of course I showed her that one first. And then there's one called Pet Upgrades where I doodled over people's pets and made them better. Uh-huh. Um, and, of uh, course. Yeah. And, and, she, and she would have to ask questions. She would have to ask, like, are, are these considered funny? And I said, well, I, I think they're funny. You seem to be and, smirking, Yeah, ma'am. exactly. Uh, and then she got to uh, Transformer Noises, which was a really stupid one where I just wrote out phonetic, like, what Transformers sound like in my head. When I'm, that one actually got banned from Twitter during the crackdown on uh, electoral interference. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a foreigner with a lot of reach in the United States. Oh. Yeah. And I post on schedules and I have high reach in the United States. And Russian yeah, bot. So, yeah, they thought I was a bot. No, I didn't find uh-huh. that one. I was like, uh-huh. okay, I'm done with that joke anyways. Right. But anyways, uh, the one that killed her was uh, we got to swear track mm. and she saw the pinned tweet at swear track, which was uh, Dr. McCoy taking a reading off of a crewman who's got his head in his hands and he looks really kind of like depressed and McCoy turns right to the camera and he says um, uh, his dick fell off because a woman wrote words on the internet and she made this burp. 
like right. coughing, like hiding a laugh noise. And she turned away. And when she turned back, she was wiping a single tear from her eye. And she so, said, all right, I think I've seen enough. Do you have any vegetables or meat with exactly. you? Exactly. Did you bring any oranges yeah, with exactly. you? Uh, I, so that particular one that you just quoted right there, um, to be sitting in the same room with the man who constructed that, because long before I saw... Not long before, but before I ever saw Effin' Birds, I saw Swear Trek. And being a longtime nerd, being a longtime sci-fi fan, the old, you know, taking stills from the old Star Trek cartoon, that one right there, I literally laughed out loud, you know? And so I, I, I'm, I'm a little, I don't love the fact that people abuse LOL. I, like, I save it for those special <laughs> occasions when oh, I actually, actually laugh did. out loud. Yeah. And that one has always stuck with me. So every time I've tried to explain who you are to someone, I'm like, no, no, he started with Swear Trek. Did you ever see the one about where his dick fell off because a woman said words to him on the internet? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, it's hard to reach people. But luckily, you've been able to reach a tremendous number of people. The internet has been an incredible boon for you. Before we talk more about this legacy of internet (laughs) dominance and apparently getting you onto international lists, um, can we go back just a little bit and talk about you? Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from a place called Mississauga. It's just outside of Toronto. It is a. It um, sounds like it's in Alabama. No, no, it's, Toronto. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just outside of Toronto. It's, okay, uh, it's like a. Um, I lived in a neighborhood called King's Masting, and it was named that because they would cut down the trees for the King's Navy ships. Oh, right. They had the big tall trees. Yeah. But in Mississauga, there are no trees because they've cut them all down. Wow. To Aww. build these little suburbs that are named after the trees. I so, see. I see. You know, like our our street names were all you know tall oak. And stuff like that, and and yet there's not. There was one scrubby little sad forest in our neighborhood right. that had like two rabbits and an old couch in it. A few, <laughs> a few small brushes. It's, it's, here it's and where there. you go to try to find discarded pornography. That's what oh, you go for that. See so, now, yeah. look at even yeah. in Canada. I grew up in a new development in Coon Rapids, and in the woods behind our house, there was a black plastic bag filled with ratty, moldy hustlers and wees yep. and um. Did you ever find any pornography in that woods? One time. But the thing is, that made us look over and over and over again. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Indefin- yeah. Look, pre-internet, it took some work, yep. Sean, to see a titty. I remember. Yeah. I mean, that's... Kids today don't understand what it used to take. <laughs> they don't understand. So you grew up there. At some point, I mean, either you are a class clown into role-playing games Something set you on this path. At what point do you realize that you like oh. funny and you like being funny? I mean, was it watching comedy on TV? Was it having particularly funny friends or family yeah. members? I mean, what what put you on this path? Because I like it too. I just you have a consistency to your humor that I feel like maybe it's just it was all inside you from the time you were <laughs> born. It's genetic, but I feel like there had to be some early influences on you. Well, I was always kind of like a a ham. Uh, but I I grew up watching uh, one of the great things about Canadian television and the and the CBC is CBC had a really strong comedy tradition mm-hmm. and so we got great A level comedy all the time even like the the independent Hamilton television channel produced amazing comedy and so like I grew up on Wayne and Schuster which I love and um and like later Kids in the Hall but also I loved uh, Kids in yeah, the Hall yeah Kids in the Hall is great. Uh, and but then also like from CHCH in Hamilton, uh, they there was a guy named Steve Smith who uh, they would give him a different show every year. Like if if his show didn't hit, they would change the show and he'd have a different show next year. 
and because uh, he was just that renowned, he was he was, he he was, was like amazing. the guy. He right, was the guy. Right. So he and his wife had a like a variety show for a long time where they would do sketches and then there'd be musical numbers and stuff like that. It was called Smith and Smith. Um, and then he had like a he had a sitcom, like a family sitcom with him and his wife and his kids. I don't know if they were really his kids, but it really was his wife. Um, and and anyways, they just kept doing new shows. But out of Smith and Smith came uh, Red Green. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Red Green. That's Steve hmm. Smith. That's his like enduring legacy hmm. character. Oh, right on. Uh, okay. Yeah, so right. that's the one that broke through and made it everywhere else. But like, so what about early on? Like, like are you're probably too young. I'm guessing you're a few years younger than I am, if not more than that. SCTV. Oh yeah, SCTV. I mean, because, oh, yeah, yeah, we watched that. Nonstop. Obviously, still Lauren Michaels, right? And so yeah. connected to SNL. But SCTV. I remember my dad turning me on to it when I was very young. First, yeah. he turned me on to Monty Python. Then he turned me on to SCTV. And there's there's sort of a weird you could tell even though it Canada's not that far away from us here in Minnesota <laughs> you could still tell it was it's from it was so from different and weird well it yeah. was yeah. kind of and it, but it was subversive it was yep. even more subversive than SNL I loved staying up late and watching SCTV I felt like I was getting away with something there was a dark sharp edge to yep. the humor on that that I, I had not seen before in my life SCTV was on after school yeah yeah wow that's when really? we watched it yeah my 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 wife was like why have you not watched Shit's Creek yet? This is oh. like yeah, Shit's like, Creek's great. Like a month ago, I said it's great. It was really great when it was SCTV, right? Because uh, a lot of Eugene the characters, a lot of the characters were just phenomenal. So, yeah. so then. here's an SCTV connection: a yeah. book that made me want to write comedy books. Uh, was called the the Wanker's Guide to Canada, and it looks like a dead serious guidebook. Right. But it's written from the perspective of these people from this unidentified foreign country who don't understand Canada, and then it's all nonsense. And I ate it up as yeah. a child, and I have my copy at home that uh, I got at my I stole it from my grandfather actually. Right. It's his book. And he didn't think it was particularly funny, and I stole it, and it's, yeah. it's been mine ever since. Not cool, but, bro. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, like, the cover has fallen off. Uh, the pages are all falling apart out of the binding. It was this cheap paperback. Uh, but the jokes that I remember, one of my favorites is identifying st- uh, street signs in Canada, common Canadian street signs. And it has some ordinary street signs and ordinary definitions for them. But then it has the the one for, like, ski area, and it's the, you know, the little skier, the little symbol of the skier. Uh-huh. And it says... A man with sticks on his feet crossing, <laughs> and then it has the icon for the for downhill skiing, right? Right, and it says, um, "You just ran over a man with sticks on his feet." <laughs> <laughs> or it has a picture of people uh, curling right. in, uh, at a curling club, but the pictures turn sideways, and it says that they're cleaning the targets at the RCMP shooting range. You know, like that's that's a very Canadian joke. What's the R- <laughs> I was going to say, you lost me. What's the RCMP? Oh, Royal, Royal Canadian, Canadian Mounted Police. Police. Yes, Royal yes. Canadian Mounted See, Police. Man. I was. I already made a Mounties reference. God, I'm an idiot. Before we talk any more <laughs> to Aaron don't Reynolds, know what the Mounties are. Any Aaron Reynolds? They're never on horses, are they? Like you don't see Dudley Do Rights moving so down the street. Let do you? me tell you, when I moved to Ottawa, I was so excited to go see the sunset ceremonies and the RCMP musical ride because I. The only way I knew the musical ride was it was on the back of the $50 bill, yeah. which I saw once in a blue moon uh-huh. because like $50 bill. Right. Um, but the the back of the $50 bill was a whole bunch of horses in a circle it, doing synchronized horse dancing. And that's the RCMP musical ride. It's yeah. like this incredible equestrian thing. And so when I moved to Ottawa, I was like, wait, we can go see the musical ride. Like it runs, it's Friday nights at sunset, right? right. And so we went the first week that I was there and it ruled. <laughs> I, I was like, at first they did like, 
horseback target shooting where they were on really fast running horses and they had to shoot balloons, which was crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, and then they did like some car stuff. They did like, you know, uh, how they overtake a car and run it off the road and stuff like that. Demos yeah. like RCMP demos. And then they had a really super, uh, it was like 20 minute long extended horse dance routine, which was like stunning. I loved it. My kids thought it was the dumbest thing they'd ever seen in their life. But it had this magical place for me. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad this is the first thing I did when I moved to Ottawa. So what you're telling me is there's literally zero crime in Ottawa. <laughs> That's not true. I worked across from the 24-hour McDonald's that just got closed because it was the number one uh, call uh, to the police. The call that was the number one location for police calls in Ottawa was the 24-hour McDonald's on Rideau Street. All right. Well, people just wanted their nuggets, man. They yeah. just wanted their nuggets. Did, did you guys not see the viral video of the guy who pulls the raccoon out of his coat during a fight in a McDonald's? And like throws it in the window? Yeah. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, that's, oh that's the Rideau Street McDonald's. I worked across the road from Come that. Come on. Wow. It was great. You would not go in there unless you wanted to take your life in your hands. Honest to God. He's so mad that he throws a raccoon <laughs> yeah. into the drive-thru window. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, a raccoon yeah, yeah, yeah. in his raccoon. car. It's weird in Canada, man. Before we talk any more to Aaron Reynolds, author, fomenter, creator of so many fun internet things, but most recently, effing birds, uh, we've gone too long without a song, and so you and I, on the way over here, we were driving together, and I mentioned to you, you know, the phenomenon of all these great Canadian bands who get to the, you know, that 48th parallel, and boom, they Don't break through. They yep. evaporate. There's there's a force field that they can't get through, even though they're good. It's just something happens there, and you're like, oh, yeah, and you threw out this band name at me, Big Sugar, and I'm like, who the fuck is Big Sugar? And I expected that that was going to be one that you would have heard of. Never even heard of them. Big Sugar are, like, they're big in, in Canada. Well, yeah, but it's Canada. Yes, Canada. I'm I'm nothing personal, man. I know, I know. Not trying to be that guy. No, I understand. <laughs> but t- t- give me something about Big Sugar and let's hear this song. Uh, they're the loudest band I've ever seen. Uh, they are. They were much louder than the Ramones. Uh, which, what? Yeah, they are loud. Really? And they are like deliberately so. Okay. They're usually a three-piece, although in studio, uh, I think Gordy plays all the instruments himself. Okay. But I saw him with a drummer and a bass player, and they were a riot uh, I love them. Uh, Gordy plays a classic double neck guitar, but he's always wearing a Hugo Boss suit. Jesus. Uh, it's so it's like they're they're awesome and stage presence. It's the kind of show where there's no video screens. You know, it's just a band that puts it all out there on stage and just like blows the doors off the place. I love them.
All right, a little funky, a little loud. That feels like the kind of band that if I saw them in a medium, say, First Avenue size club, they would melt my face. Oh yeah, they're they rule. Okay, Just and so rule. Big Sugar is who we're listening to. Big right Sugar there. and yeah. one of the greatest Canadian bands of all time. Uh, you know, I, according to Aaron Reynolds, yes, sure. The end. That's, that's fine. Yes. Period. <laughs> they're you one of my favorite Canadian. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Let's okay, not say good. Canadian. Band. And to Let's see play. live, I imagine they're just oh, incredible. Live. They hurt my ears in the best way. Who did you say louder than Motorhead? No, louder than the Ramones. What? That's crazy talk. I, I know because I didn't hear right after seeing the Ramones for like two days. Well, but now you did. You've done some rock photography. You actually yep. went to school to be a photographer. I was right? a photographer. So you were in the pit trying to get some sweet shots of major rock action. Yes, and I had my ear <laughs> against the stack of speakers to Oof. get the the shot that ended up being like the real money shot from that show. But it was it was worth it. Was it? I, I don't know. I, I'm. I mean, so I'm wearing headphones right now. Yeah. And I have the headphones only on the ear that was against the speaker. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Said, I mean, what? that's a good ear or a bad the, ear. The, the, <laughs> being alive, there's a price to pay. Yes. Before we continue talking to Aaron Reynolds, we pr- should probably mention that we have a couple other sponsors here on the podcast that we need to take care of real quick. One, Palmer's Bar. Palmersbar.net is where you go. They are on the West Bank. They are a great bar. They survived the pandemic, unlike many of their peers and cohorts, and they're back. And while this weather is still ridiculous and summery and beautiful, they're still having all kinds of live shows out on the patio. You should head over and support Palmer's bar palmersbar.net is where you find out everybody that they've got coming up in the not too distant future plus tony and the entire crew over there we love them very much another sponsor of this show in fact i sometimes wonder if he's not secretly the svengali of this show he produces it he co-owns it and somehow sponsors it as well is it really the brian oak show or is it the sean bernard realtor with the diner realty show oh i think we all know the answer to that yeah i think we do (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and give me your best 60? <laughs> so, yeah, I do real estate. Uh-huh. I, I just talked to somebody who uh, did a really bad job of cutting my hair. Uh, Is that why you're wearing a hat? Yeah. It, the, also, I noticed you lost faith in your mustache. The worst, I was hoping my, wife, to, my wife was like, get away from me. You had, you, like, I mean, you'd like, it was just starting to it flesh out. It was like out. three, four days in. That was it. But That's I, not I, enough time. I, I was know. hoping a week later I'd be like... Holy cowboy. Here comes Mannix. Uh, Mannix didn't have a mustache. That was a bad call. Um, Magnum P.I. Thank yes. you. Um, That's it. My wait, so you got no. rid of that and you just had a bad haircut. And how does that relate to real estate? Oh, just that I, I moved. And so I thought I'm going to try out a different place, a little spendier than where I used to go. Oh, uh, and I thought, I'm going to give this a whirl. And Sports it, clips? It looks like... Uh, you went in for the hot girls in referee outfits? <laughs> no, Frankenstein's, and the I look like Frankenstein's monster. That's what it looked like. People always call Frankenstein Frankenstein, but no. it's really Frankenstein's monster. The doctor was Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster, right? Exactly. So, yeah. But you know, the thing is, that is a look. It's a look. It yeah. is a look. Yeah. But I, but I have Did a, they flatten off the top of your head? It's just really bad. Huh. It's really bad. Hat bad. It's hat bad. Really? Yeah. It's the worst haircut. And my wife did this. It'll grow out. Oh dear! <laughs> like you know it's bad when your wife says that. Oh dear! So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell a house from someone who looks like they were constructed in the basement of a Bavarian castle, yeah, you can turn my n- the knobs on my neck if you want to. Uh, exactly right. <laughs> Just don't no large <laughs> fires around, Sean. Hot fire, bad, bad. Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. I also donated a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. 
very nice of you. Well, you know. I, I just, I'm surprised to see that level of consideration from somebody with such a terrible haircut. I like to make other people look good. <laughs> oh, that's a good save. Yeah, that was a real good that save. Was, actually, that was yeah. a brilliant save right there. Thank you, Sean. Aaron, <laughs> you are, you've created a great number of excellent things, but let's talk about, you know, I know that there was bat labels, um, yes. and that led to swear trek, and that led to... So I need I need the shortest version of bat labels and oh. swear track you can give me so that we can spend a, the, an appropriate amount of time on effing birds oh. and what you've got coming up this weekend. Now, I don't want to truncate your story, and hopefully we'll have you back again, but we can't do a four-hour oh, show. Oh, no, I know, I know. Okay, so what is bat labels? Bat labels is, um, so I got really sick, and I couldn't work anymore, and uh, my work was talking. I talked all the time, yeah. and I like talking. Uh, and what was know. that work? What, what uh, were you doing? I worked for Apple. Okay. Um, it was a very weird job. I loved it. Yeah. Um, anyways, I couldn't like podcasty stuff. No, or? um, I like. Well, my job TED title, talks. No, my job title was creative, <laughs> which is like the weirdest job title in the whole. World. Just creative. Just creative. Literally. Okay. And my like my lawyer was like creative. What? I'm like no. Yeah. yeah creative. Creative. I, I finished. Yeah. yeah the end, that's it. Period. That's it. The, right. That's the whole title. That's an Apple job title. Um, so, anyways, um, uh, I uh, I got sick enough that I couldn't talk, and I uh, was getting really depressed. And I was watching, like, my Netflix was the worst. It, I, I watched Only Lovers Left Alive and Blue Ruin, and, like, it was suggesting dark, awful, like... But Only Lovers Left Alive is possibly a top three vampire movie Oh, my God, it's, time. I love it. It's, I love it's a, it. But, again, But dark. if you're feeling existential yeah, no, and no, depressed, don't dark. watch it. It, or, goes, it goes the wrong way. Or wallow in it, if yeah. you feel like it. But right. I, I had had enough wallowing, yeah, yeah. and 60s Batman had come back out on video uh, after years of rights dispute, and I just threw myself into it and I watched it and I started picking up on the best gag and the whole thing is that everything's labeled. Um, uh, uh, Lorenzo Semple Jr., uh, who was the head writer of the show and wrote the pilot and produced the show, uh, he hates authority. And Batman 66 is really targeted at authority figures. Like it hates authority figures. That's, there's a reason why Commissioner Gordon is so ineffectual in that show. Right. And the prison warden is always letting out people who are just about to commit a crime again and oh. so on. Um, anyways, uh, he also like he railed against labels that told you to do stuff or that explain stuff. And so all of his labels were stupidly over explanatory, which now that you pointed out yeah. literally everything, whether it was a particular computer they were looking at yeah. or a bottle of some sort of scientific fluid, everything oh, yeah. was wildly over labeled yeah. photographic magnifying glass. Exactly. It says on his. Yeah. Or um, the the uh, uh, instant costume change lever for uh-huh. when he's going down the pole that he hits. So he changes his costume. It's it's absurd. And so I started noticing them and I started screenshotting them and I was just tweeting them from my personal Twitter account. And people were like, Aaron, we know you're, you're going through a lot of stuff and uh, we know this is how you're coping, but maybe not so many Batman tweets. And I was like, fuck you guys. I'm just going to give it its own Twitter account. <laughs> Anyways, it became its own Twitter account, right. uh, Bat Labels, and then it became popular, and which was wild and weird. And so what, what happens, I mean, so it's doing well and yeah. it's, it's weird to get traction on the internet yeah. right i mean yeah. like i mean it's something that apparently everybody wants these days yep but getting traction like coming up with a thing is cool you have to find the moment but then it's also it's evident to everybody it's not going to last forever nope so you then jump to swear track which is not a a huge philosophical jump but it requires an understanding of the milieu it requires an understanding of the canon yep. and then it requires a sort of level of a reverence where we can say fuck you to I mean, some of the most i mean let's be honest star trek fans 
take it rather seriously. Oh yeah. And so you must have had some pushback in doing this. Well, not really. No. I think there's there's some people who don't like it, but they don't like it's not a problem for them, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's that they they don't like it, but it's not hurting their life. Okay. They just don't like it. Well, but I, I it's been my experience with the internet that even if someone it's not hurting their life. They'll be more than happy to tell you what a fuck stain you are for doing what you're well, doing. You know what? I get a lot more of that, believe it or not, from effing birds. I'm sure you do. Because there are people who are really protective of the concept of birds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like. Have you met birders? I mean, have yeah. they're, they t- they're passionate they're to say the very so least. literal. Yeah, well, I think that's what it is. And so, I mean, I'm looking at a gorgeous picture of, I don't know what kind of bird. Oh, you know what? On the back of these postcards, it tells me what kind of bird it is. So this is. A discourteous bunting who is pointing downwards in a hostile stance, and it's a gorgeous, full-color postcard as part of your new book that'll be out before the end of October, and right underneath this beautiful bunting on a, a berry tree of some sort, the bunting is saying, shove off, dick bucket. Yep. <laughs> and the, the best part of that is the dick bucket's from a project that didn't come to pass. Um, I we, we tried to figure out what would be the rules for an Effenbird's card game. Uh-huh. And part of it was like, how do you string together profanities into a more and more powerful sentence? Oh, yeah. Uh, sort of based a little bit on the idea of French Canadian swearing, where yeah. you just chain them together and they get more and more powerful. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, I started building like in a, a little spreadsheet, a, a like set of words that you could substitute for each other and still make comprehensible sentences. Uh-huh. And I started doing this thing where I was like, OK, what's a um, uh, the swear word paired with a noun and uh, I, I sort of had this little generator for a while, and it gave me like three really good sets of words that I use all the time, which are crap bag, dick bucket. Uh, what's the other one? Um, but anyways, they were like a container. It was always like a a, a body part in a container. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah. So uh, and now I know that effing birds has gone into book form. Obviously, it's a huge deal on the Internet, right? It's gone into book form. You've got this new collection of postcards. It's already out in the UK and Canada. Yeah, uh, it's out in the UK. In Canada, it'll be out. After whenever it comes out of the United okay, States. Okay, well, in the U.S., it's going to be out here. So, I mean, but let, I mean, I, what I want to talk about, I want to hear one more song real quick. But, okay. but when we come back, I want to talk about it's one thing to get traction on the Internet, right? Yeah. It's another thing to get to, traction in meat space. Well, exactly. Yeah. To pull that lurching behemoth, that Goliath, that golem that you've created <laughs> out of this bizarre maze of ones and zeros into, as you put, meat space. I mean, not everybody gets to make that transition and make it their day job so can we talk about that next 100 percent. excellent before we do that though you have to tell me about why you chose this band i love the finn brothers very much yeah but why did you pick them well i've always loved crowded house um i clearly remember the one time i camped out in front of a record store was for uh Woodface oh, on yeah. day of release because that, that album took so goddamn long to come out right uh but i also saw them at massey hall in 91 uh and that was Probably the wow. best concert experience of my entire life. Um, and uh, I remember they really like just burnt the place down with uh, their performance of In the Lowlands, which is really such a great song. I, I love the I love the entire album of Temple of Low Men. And I love the uh, the pitch that it builds up to at the end of side two that just like comes to this crazy climax with In the Lowlands and then has the has uh, Better Be Home Soon as this sort of like quiet tailing away you know, at the end of the album. I just love the way that it goes. And I was listening to this album the other day. It's If I'm not feeling great, 
putting this album on is like hanging out with an old friend, you know, like this is this album's been in my life for so long at this point and has always been there for me and I'm just always happy to put it on.
Crowded House. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 191. Thanks to all of our sponsors, our Patreon members, and thanks to Aaron Reynolds of Effin' Birds for being here today. Hey, so you are from Canada, and yep. before we talk about your ascendancy into being a well-recognized, internationally acclaimed, published author. My ascendancy to the D-list. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, let's not get crazy, all right? I'm not sure we're all the way up to I know. D I think just I'm yet, probably right? on L. On the L list. Um what and I'm sure there are a great number of things and you know it's as as a Canadian there are certain low there's low hanging fruit and pot shots to be taken at Americans and sure. vice versa right yep. what do you think Americans get the most wrong about what it's like to be from Canada oh man um well I think that like Canada is is fucking enormous it's gigantic so we don't have it's consistent bigger, bigger than America yeah we don't. Well, it's bigger than America, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. significantly. Yeah. I mean, you get all the way up there to Yellowknife. By the way, when it's summer like this, I hate the hot weather. Yeah. I can't wait for October every year, and I'll take 20 below over 90 degrees in humidity every time. My standard line is, if it, it does this for another week, I'm fucking moving to Yellowknife. Do it. Yellowknife's great. You know what's, you know what's even better? Tuktoyaktuk. I went well, to Tuktoyaktuk. Hard for me like, to pronounce. It's, um, yeah, but it's literally the n- n- northernmost point that you can reach in a road with a road really yes and they only built the road recently <laughs> wow that's like duck duck great that's how you no. Yeah, duck, duck, duck. <laughs> no it's great you know what's you know what's crazy about it static electricity i did not oh. expect that static electricity was gonna be a problem up there like i thought it was just super gonna be dry cold right yeah very but dry. It's so dry like my cameras did not like it really yeah they were like oh you bring recording equipment you should also bring pencils and paper <laughs> Wow. We're like, oh, okay, cool. That might all shut down yeah, completely. Exactly. It might not work out. So, I mean, it, it, it's a massive, massive place. And I think you're right. Probably most Americans don't appreciate just how gigantic right. Canada is. And so, like, you know, when people talk about Canada as like a monolith, it's like Canada has a Texas just like America. Oh. You know? Canada so, has a Texas. Canada has a, you know, we, we have all those different uh, climates and we have all those different like political leanings and we have say, like so yeah. you, you've got the different climates and you've got the different topography you've got the mountains you've got the deserts you've got the deep forests. but i suppose you also have sort of the the coastal elites whether it's british columbia or over on the east coast i mean different mentalities that yeah. sort of run the gamut throughout Canada. yeah and and for us it's not so much coastal elites it is to <clears> a certain extent yeah sure british columbia would be considered like the coastal elite but the coastal right. the coastal like the new york equivalent in in Canada is definitely Ontario and Toronto. Yeah. Like uh, uh, a lot of talk uh, at election time is the disproportionate impact Ontario has on elections, right? Uh, the number of people, the number of seats in parliament, uh, the number of votes, the number of ridings, like uh, uh, some other provinces feel like Ontario can hold the country hostage for what it wants uh-huh. at the federal level. And what do you, you think? Know. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent. I say that as an Ontarian who well, gets but, uh, what they want. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, know, like, like, you know, I mean, it, it, as long as things are going in a liberal, liberal direction. Cool. Yeah. And I think that what, what I really enjoy about uh, Canada and Canadian politics compared to American politics is instead of two parties, you know, we have we have four really five or six that are that like make a showing mm-hmm. every election and it'll always be like the the best times for us is when nobody gets a clear majority somebody makes a minority government and needs one of the other parties to support them right and it's almost always that the far left new democrats are the the minority party that's forming the balance of power so even when you get like the the you get the conservatives in power but to get a budget passed they have to satisfy the far, far left. Right. You know, not the center left liberals. They got to do the far left NDP or they have to 
uh, get the Bloc Quebecois to support them or something like that. So, you know, in the, in the end, like, no matter who's in power, everybody wins. Like, I am really into parlementary politics. Well, actual actual politics, you know, yeah. I mean, like trying to find some sort of reasonable of way trading. forward, yeah. and, which that's the that's the essential nature of it. It's not just strong arming one party or the other. You actually have to work and, I don't know, employ diplomacy yeah. and the kind of things that make a democracy work. Exactly. Well, so the, the reason we just had an election was because the Liberal Party felt that they could probably get a majority. And they didn't get it. And that, I think, was the best possible outcome because it's still everybody having to work together to get anything done. And you know what? It means a lot more work for everybody there. And so what? We're paying them to do the work. Yeah. The work. Get to work. Show yes. up. It's still weird to me, though, like both there and in the U.K., you can just call an election. It's not like on a regular basis. No, you, can ju- you can just call one. You call it, or who, who calls? Or it? you who get it called. That? You get it called on you, <clears throat> right? If the if the the house has lost faith in you, uh, if you can't pass a budget, yeah. Guess what? It's election time. So that's the story of Joe Clark, who was in power for like uh, I don't know three months. So you could, I mean, you could literally again. I know this is an extreme case, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but trying to get my head around it. I mean, if things go poorly enough, I mean, you could have. Four elections in a year? Well, that would be really extreme. I, but that's what I mean, but really like, extreme. But I mean, yeah. you, you could have four in several years. Yeah. Well, we did We did have two elections in the same year. Like that, that was that was Joe Clark because he, um, uh, Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, yeah. uh, Justin Trudeau's dad, uh, was in power for a very long time in Canada. Uh, he did not run a great campaign and was defeated by Joe Clark mm-hmm. uh, in a very like narrow minority government. Uh, Joe Clark could not get support to get his budget passed. And they ran a new election right afterwards. Trudeau did not even campaign. He just uh, he had retired, came out of retirement to to lead the the liberals again. Yeah. He did not do any appearances. He did not do any debates. <laughs> and he won. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> it sounds to me like Canada is fairly akin to communist Russia. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking around. That's it. Aaron Reynolds, that's it. This interview is over. Uh, Aaron Reynolds, effing birds. Effing birds has been a thing for, so you go from uh, bat labels to swear track, which by the way, if people have not looked up swear track, I don't know how much effort you put into it anymore, but go back and look at the archives because it's truly brilliant, the dick falling off one. It will remain a touchstone until the day I die, which a lot of people haven't done anything like that for me. But effing birds, again, I don't remember the exact day. I can't even remember the exact first one I ever saw. But I remember seeing this beautifully rendered, I don't know, wood carving or lithograph or something yep. of a bird with some foul, if you'll pardon the pun, language next to it. And I laughed out loud. I'm like, what the? F- I'm following this shit. And then it would come along, not every day, but I would see more and more of it. When did the notion of effing birds, which is certainly your, I don't want to say meal ticket, that sounds too mercenary, but I mean, it's your, it's it your is. day job it is, now. It is my day job. And you know what? I think that it's good to talk about the money side of things, even though it, it sounds mercenary, because the thing about any kind of creative art is you can only keep doing it if it makes money, mm-hmm. right? We talk about yeah. that on this yeah. show all the yeah. time. We have so many, uh, you know, Minnesota musicians who are sustenance you know performers right, right? and mm-hmm. they yeah. have to have a day job yeah. or if they're making it they're just barely making it and so we when we have our events for patreons our patreon members we refuse to have artists perform for free art should yeah, be compensated yep. art should, i mean it's, it's part of our culture so i'm glad that you are i mean i'm actually glad to see how successful you are but where do you i mean like did you wake up one day and be like 
I should have a bird saying, <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but it sure as fuck wasn't, wasn't this shit. shit. Uh, so, so there was a, there was a two pronged, there was a two pronged way I got to effing birds. Uh, there was, uh, how do I make a swear trick that I can make money off of? Right. That, Cause that was a real consideration. Yeah. And I started writing down the parts that were successful because they were from me and the parts that were successful because they were from Star Trek. Right. Right. And it was a question of like, how do I get the parts that are successful from Star Trek, but belonging to me? You know, and and those were the relatability parts of it and the familiarity parts of it. Um, and that definitely led to the birds thing. But it was also because I got asked to pitch uh, for a like a, a big media organiza- organization that I love and that I have a lot of respect for and historically had a lot of respect for. And they were striking out with their comedy brand on, on social media and they wanted some pitches. And so I pitched them a whole bunch of stuff and they hated like all of it. <laughs> That's not true. They really liked the pitch that they wanted from me, yeah. which was Swear Trek, but with their archives, which fell apart because of legal stuff, but whatever. Right. Uh, but yeah, that well, was, I mean, that was Swear fun. Trek would have been impossible for you because you would have had to get all the licensing from Star yeah, Trek, exactly, right? exactly. And that, and that would have been cost prohibitive to say the very least. That's right. Right. Um, and plus, they probably wouldn't have been on board <laughs> with you making dick jokes. I'm so happy that I haven't got a cease and desist letter from CBS. Well, I mean, not to tempt fate, but like... <clears throat> I haven't got one yet. So far, so good, right? I have, I have, a, I have a few fans over there. So yeah, nice. exactly. Um, so anyways, I, I pitched them something that looked a lot like what and Birds would be, but with something that was a little more like brand relevant for them. And they hated it. And I, the next day I was like, am I really bad at this? Like, did I just blow my shot? And then I was like, no, I'm the one who's good at this. And they're the ones who are bad at this. Right. So this is me trying to think of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, how do I prove myself to them so that they buy one of these other ideas from me? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take away the stuff relevant to their brand and replace it with something generic. And coincidentally, I'd got this, uh, this, uh, spam email offering me six gigabytes of bird stock art. And it had this, it had this really upset looking, looking owl. And I was like, oh, this is it right here. This is the whole idea right here. And I so, mean, so you're telling me Providence stepped in. I mean, it happenstance, yeah. Oh, yeah. synchronicity, whatever you want to I call it. I have had more than one spam email that has led to success in my life, which is crazy. But also, what a wonderful time to be alive. Right. Because like prior to the advent of the internet... Those things, I mean, they may happen in other forms. You might have a chance meeting with the right person at the right, right time. But to have a spam email offering you six gigabytes of <laughs> stock bird images yep. lead to, I don't want to overstate it, but I feel that it's somewhat fair, lead to an actual media empire is yeah. kind of amazing. It, it really is. And so, you know, the I made effing birds just to sort of say, look, guys, my ideas are good. And look at how successful this was and how much engagement I got in the first week. But in the first week, it was already more popular than their entire brand. Correct. And so now it's like 35 times more popular. Uh I like to check in every Uh once in a while. And I like I still want to work with them. I still want to do something with them. But I don't think that like I don't think they get what works on the Internet. But the fucking price went up, right? Oh, yeah. I got to change my rate card, boys, because we talked before and the price has gone bleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I would still I would probably do something for them for free if I was promoting a book. Well, you know what I mean? I would do that. I would trade platform for for some book sales. Oh, I would do yeah. that. Well, you're on my podcast. I'm I get it. On your podcast. Speaking yeah. of, let's go ahead and talk commerce a little bit because I am not against commerce at all, especially when it's content that I freaking love. And I freaking love Effenberg. Well, you know, when shit, I was, I, when I've been I was promoting your this. shit for free for five years. Right? Yeah. yeah I love and it. And that's and that's part of like the whole thing was uh to cultivate people who enjoy it. Um and to give them what they wanted, right? Because I didn't want to be 
I didn't want to be making a Twitter account and then sell ads on it. Right. You know, like there's um, uh, an account I really liked was called One Perfect Shot and it was uh, uh, single still frames from movies. And it it's half of it is Amazon affiliate links at this point because mm. that's the only way they could monetize it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That makes it worse for everybody. Yeah. What I want to do is give you something that is still content that you want, that you like, that improves your life, that gives me money. And so I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And it, it started with like mugs and shirts and stuff like that, on-demand merchandise. Yep. Uh, and I used the money from the on-demand merchandise to produce runs of pins and stuff like that that you can't do on-demand. Right. Um, and then uh, I ended up uh, getting a, a book deal with, uh, uh, at first with Unbound in the UK, which is a great publisher. Uh, mm-hmm big fan of uh, not just because they gave me money but like because they're the right home for for effenbirds i think a lot of people who try to like i got a great idea for a book they don't understand that entry-level publishing generally those people charge you through the nose yep and you're never going to see a fucking dime that's right and so for you to have found a good deal Mm -hmm. i'm very happy about that because i know people who are like no i wrote this great book or i have this great idea i'm going to publish this they get and there's a lot of real predatory low-level publishers or entry-level publishers who are like hey for eight grand we'll be happy to publish your book and you'll never ever see a single dime so i'm glad you found a good deal well and i think that what's great about unbound is that they they do lean on you to do some of the promotion yourself. Of and, course. And the deal with Unbound was that uh, I would be selling, basically I would be selling enough books to cover the print run. And after that, it's in bookstores and whatever happens, happens. Right. And the deal was structured in a way that if it flopped, I could buy those uh, discard, you know, the the return books for really cheap. And so I was like, well, you know what I can do? I can sell these from my website for the next 10 years. Right. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, I can't get them printed for that kind of price. So let's go. And then... Having had it in UK bookstores, got me a US book deal. The US book deal got me a calendar deal. Like, and it just all has spun out from there. Now we have the postcard book. We have a deck of cards coming in 2023. I, I saw. I just I, saw your tweet today about that. I, I self published <clears throat> a deck of cards, uh, which I which we did in 2019, uh, which we are on. I think the last printing of, um, and then we're going to have uh, cards in like bookstores, right? Uh, and so that's going to be. Awesome. And we're talking about playing cards. So, I mean, yeah. so you have books, you have calendars, you have pins, you have mugs, you have T-shirts, you have so much books, shit. you have this yeah. new postcard thing on the way. But again, fantastic. And it's all what I love about it. And I don't I don't want to diminish it or damn it with faint praise. But I, I feel like every one of them is we all have funny friends. Right. And we're mm-hmm. all in that room where somebody drops a line that fucking wrecks everybody. Right. And yep. it, it doesn't happen every day. Yep. It doesn't happen all the time. I feel like in one beautiful, simplified, gorgeous picture, you know, it could be this beautiful yellow finch that simply says, I hate people underneath it. Or it could be this gorgeous, it says on the back of these postcards, I have so much more homework to do. That's all lies anyways. They're they're not real bird names. They're not really? (laughs) I got a lot of negative Amazon reviews. Well, it says underneath this picture of the sandpiper, it has come to my attention that you are a huge fucking dickweed. (laughs) I mean, you know, so again, it's not for everybody, right? No. But for the people that it hits home with... It's beautiful, it's easily digestible, it is endlessly funny, and you've got a fucking million of them, and people can get them on their t-shirts or their mugs. What is the number one ground zero place for people who want to learn more about Effenbirds to go to? You can go to effenbirds.com. And And Effen is E-F-F-I-N. Yeah. Not fucking, but effin. fucking birds. Effin and Jeffin. E-F-F-I-N-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Yep. And that's where the journey begins. Yeah, that'll, well, it's mostly the store, but there's, there's a link on there that says like, free birds or something like that and they'll take you to all the social medias i even started uh because social media 
social media is you at somebody else's, uh, you know, invitation, mm-hmm. having a place in their home that they can revoke at any time uh-huh. if they don't like you. Right. And I did discover during the American election that I was considered uh, like a foreign, un- unwanted person. I'm a foreigner mm. with a lot of reach in the United States. Ah. And so I was getting all these like notifications that I had to. I've had to verify my identity with Facebook 16 times at this point. Really? Because they are worried <clears throat> that I am misinformation of some kind because they can't like they can't tell the difference between me posting a bird cartoon and somebody posting like an anti-vaccine screed right that's a screenshot you know they can't tell the difference and i'm coming from outside of the united states with a huge united states audience and how i mean how much would you yeah. say how much ivermectin would you say that you snuggled <laughs> in in your trunk I, I, I don't know if we even have that in Canada. Um, so I, we, I'm sure we do because we have horses. Um, yeah, but, we do. but the uh, the the thing is, I, I started a text messaging service because it was like, oh, well, I, that's I'm not on anybody's platform at that point. You know, everybody's got phones. Yeah, I have yeah. like 10,000 people receive texts from me every day. It's ridiculous. Right. I love it. I had while we were sitting and recording here, I literally got the notification. It was like, "Oh, you should text everybody right now." It's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, right. I got to do that." Good so, idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, I mean, you. I don't know. I'm not sure what your last sit down desk cubicle, whatever <laughs> sort of job was that you had before. But this is your full time job. This you, is my day job. You yeah. are effing birds. I am. Now. I like I still do one or two <clears throat> days a week uh, podcast work for a, a group called Canada 2020 in Canada. Um, I that was the first job I took after Apple because Apple got really uncomfortable with effing birds and felt that my American book deal was a conflict of interest and told me I had to either back out of the book deal or not work for Apple anymore. Isn't that wild? Like Apple, I mean, Apple's so massive. <laughs> there, there, there's no way you could ever genuinely damage their income, their oh, image, yeah. their anything. And, you know, there's got to be, uh, there has to be some very intelligent, forward thinking people at Apple who'd be like, this is fucking hilarious. We right. should have this under our umbrella. And you know what? The thing is, it's not anybody at mind. the top. It's not anybody at the top. Of course it's, not. It's the middle managers and well, like, just, was, and, you know. And everyone gets nervous in this day and age and they're trying yep. to protect their ass. And they're like, and, hey, look, legally, I, I'm not sure that we can let this fly. And honestly, you know what? It was the, their reasoning was that they have a bookstore that's an electronic bookstore. And I, my book, because my American deal was with Penguin Random House, was going to be in their American bookstore. And I was like, how many employees have a band that's on Apple Music? Right. Like, we literally have an internal portal where we celebrate those people. Exactly. Do I not get on that portal? Oh, I get fired. Okay. And they were like, oh, no, no, we're not saying you get fired. We're saying you have to back out of your book deal. And so anyways, that was a Wednesday. And on Friday, I had a new job. (laughs) <laughs> the, be- the best revenge is success yeah it? right and effing birds is doing great now we do have to wrap things up we're okay. already over time i'm oh. sorry look we'll have you back man because i mean be around. we barely cracked that's not true it's taken me five years to get you on this <laughs> well, there was a pandemic in the middle of yeah, it yeah well that's fair yeah. that is fair but i mean we there are 18 things on your bio that i want to ask you about that i know oh, are going to be great stories but we can't get to but let's talk about this this is going to publish this afternoon september okay. 30th you have a busy weekend in the twin cities out in front of us tomorrow you and I are going to go record shopping because yeah. we both happen to be vinyl nerds. That's not, no one's welcome to come to that. I'm not telling them where we're going. But then you do have a book signing and Q&A at Majors and Quinn. Unfortunately, that's already sold out, right? Yeah, it's a, a limited capacity just because of the size of the place. It's and, you not know, a huge we, place. And, and Majors and Quinn is actually, for future reference, the only two things in my life that I collect are books and records, all right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like going to half-price books, which has great selection. That's where I buy most of my books. Majors and Quinn, 
There's a slightly higher end clientele and slightly more rare books, but a very posh place for you to be doing this particular. I'm so signing. excited to see the place. It's gorgeous, man, and oh man, I, I love books. I hope you brought your checkbook. Yeah. damn, man. There, <laughs> I mean, there are some items there that I've looked at before. I'm like, if I only had seventeen hundred dollars. Um, but then <laughs> he looks uh, at me. Oh yeah, yeah, Sean. I, let's move it. You along sell here. houses. You sell houses. You get money. Exactly. Well, we yeah. have sponsors on the show. He's just waiting for his check. That's yeah. what exactly. Oh, are we getting paid today? Uh, but then over the weekend, <laughs> Twin Cities Con. Now, yeah. Twin Cities Con is not San Diego's Comic Con, to be clear. However, they have a great array of guests yep. from voice actors from very popular animes to television stars to two pop- different Power Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Two different Power Rangers. But also very popular international published authors. Yeah, like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I yeah. mean. But there will be people dressed as furries. There will be cosplay. There will be all kinds of amazing booths. There'll be knickknacks. There'll be comic books there's going to be the whole thing it's happening at the convention center this whole weekend and you've got a couple appearances there yeah yeah i'm doing panels both day i'm uh, I'm doing a panel on uh saturday that's called uh, how to feel good about contributing to the downfall of society that's <laughs> about finding your success on social media nice. and dealing with the fact that it's a cesspool that's me and actually uh jordan who runs the the city's social media accounts oh right on yeah yeah so I, it was really nice to meet Jordan, and so we're gonna have a just basically a chat back and forth about what that's like, and then you and I are talking on Sunday about the uh, the true story of effing birds. Well, and I, you know, my plan there with those kind of things is my job is not to grandstand. My job is to in- introduce you. Let you flesh out your story. But let's be honest. I mean, you know, someone as reclusive and elusive as Aaron Reynolds is hard to get any face time with. So really, I expect most of that will be turned over to the people who show up so they can ask you questions. Because just like me, it's going to be filled with fangirls and fanboys who are going to be giddy that they get to see you. That's wild, man. So first of all, I thrive on validation. Yeah, well, so like these these are my favorite things. But also... I mean, I haven't. This is my first show in person since February 2020. So wow. like, been it's been a while, while right? Like yeah. I did Alaska Comic Con, and then everything shut down. So I was like, "Well, that's it for my book tour." That was a book tour for my first book, and this is the start of my book tour for my second book. So you know, well, all I know is in the back of my car right now, there may be 45 boxes of books. <laughs> Do we have all the books back there? You have uh, the American hardcover of Evan Birds of Field Guide to Identification, and yeah. we have. Over a hundred pre-release copies of Greetings from F and Birds. So if you come You're to kidding. this, no, no, this you collection can, of postcards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not out in the United States until October twenty second. Right. But a hundred people can buy it at Comic Con if they get to me. If they get to Twin Cities Con, find Good my luck. table. It's a big thing with the picture of the owl on it above me. You'll find me. Uh, well, and you, you can't miss it. So uh, com- T- Twin Cities Comic Con, or Twin Cities Con, you can find it all online at Birds on Twitter. You can find links to all this information. You got it. Effinbirds.com, E-F-F-I-N, birds.com. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors, Smart Start MN. Sean Bernard, thank you. You're very welcome. I'm glad you got to do this today. I'm very excited, man. I know. You this know I big, have been for a long time. I love it. It's I'm, great. I'm trying to be cool, but I know I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> uh, thanks to Forgotten Star Brewing. Thank you very much to Palmer's Bar. Thanks to AudioQuip, who provided us with all this pro-level equipment here in the Smart Start MN studio. I like your microphones. Yeah, they're not bad, right? Yeah, I mean, like nice. a lot of people do their podcast on their phone, right? Or it's just, it's nice to have real, actual equipment when you're doing something and you take it seriously so my thanks to them because without them they also jumped on board before we ever started this Mm -hmm. and they made this possible so if you're getting back out there doing a ted talk 
trying to put on a presentation for your division at Apple. Whatever the case may be, you need to rent some equipment. Talk to our friends at Audio Equip. Uh, and just thanks to all the people who subscribe and listen. And Aaron, thank you very much for coming in, man. I genuinely appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. All right. Well, you and I are going to get to spend a little too much time together yeah. this weekend, my friend. You can look forward to that. We'll see how you feel come Sunday we're, evening. We're going to hate each other by the end of it. Oh, yeah. Well, but before we wrap things up here, let's go ahead and wrap things up. You get one more song, and I want you to tell yeah. me so you mentioned this band to me in passing, yeah, uh, and you told me a cool story because one of my favorite Canadian bands is New Pornographers. I've they had the, rule. I've, I've had the privilege of interviewing AC Newman on a couple oh. occasions. Um, you know, Dude, and, when he followed me on Twitter, it was like literally the greatest thing. I, I remember like, the day he came. So when I still worked at the Current over at NPR, they came into the studio to do an in-studio performance, and you know he's a quiet, normal, nerdy dude yep. who just happens to write some of the most gorgeous, sophisticated pop on the planet. And so again, I'm trying to be cool, right? I'm like, hi, hi, hi. I, 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 I <laughs> like you're like Chris Farley in that Paul McCartney <laughs> sketch. Kind of, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I have all the Zampano records. <laughs> And he kind of looked at me on the side, and he was appreciative, but he's also like, this middle-aged dork needs to take a step back and needs to take a deep breath. But he's a cool guy. So in relation to New Pornographers, you mentioned this band who I've literally never heard of yeah, before Yeah, Immaculate today. Machine. So yeah. I went to see New Pornographers uh, when they were touring for Twin Cinema, which is a great album and a great tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening band was this band called Immaculate Machine, which was this crazy, high-energy three-piece and the the singer, uh, Catherine Calder from uh, Immaculate Machine, stayed on stage when New Pornographers came out and she was singing all the Nico Case parts because Nico wasn't on that tour. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And um, she's actually has ended up as part of the band and is on all the subsequent albums. I was going to say, uh, like, I mean, like she's been on all the records since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet Talk, Sweet Talk is a Catherine Calder song, which yeah. I love. Oh. Anyways, also her solo records are great. But anyways, apparently on this tour, she and AC Newman found out that they were half siblings. They did not know before one was opening for the other on tour, which is the craziest story I have ever heard. <laughs> that well, so, but that's almost as crazy as getting spam offering you free unlicensed <laughs> bird pictures yeah. that would lead to the birth of an empire. I know, right? Not really that different. Yeah, I guess I guess it's true. Yeah. Life is weird. It is weird. I actually man. have a print on my wall by Halle Bateman that says it's a miracle we had ever met. And it's a crowd of people, and the arrows are showing what directions they're walking in, and none of the paths are crossing. It's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's heavy. I guess we'll yeah. wrap things up there. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.